this morning, uh, a few weeks ago, I stood to uh, preach at that time. As I said, uh, I will preach probably at least another two messages from this text. I don't know if I will or not, but I know God's got on my heart this morning, and I'll try to do our best to share that with you all. And Get this to work. One, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. Is that good? All right. John chapter 11. Thank Sister Santana for the songs. I really. Enjoyed that. No, you know, sometimes I lead singing occasionally. I used to stand and uh, sing occasionally as well. Just uh, I know some some folks have asked me to get up here, and I not been obedient. So pray for us as we try to do this a little bit more often. Lift our voices and praise. John chapter 11, we'll be starting around verse 17 um, this morning. Well, if you remember last time, uh, John chapter 11 is right after chapter 10. So. <laughs> and uh, we had the, the uh, we had a couple of feasts going on at that time in, in chapter 10, the Feast of the Tabernacles, which was kind of wrapping up at the beginning of chapter 10 and then at the end of chapter 10. Or at the Festival of Lights or Hanukkah as we know it today, the Feast of the Dedication. Um, uh, Jesus is talking about how he is the Good Shepherd. I am the Good Shepherd. And uh, again, expressing his deity and the Pharisees and the uh, Jewish leadership and all them did not like that uh, blasphemy. They sought to uh, stone Jesus. He got away. Uh, end of chapter 10 talks about him being uh, there where John first baptized, and uh, which in, uh, in earlier in the book calls that place Enon, A-E-N-O-N, and where I, Bob, and Patty, and the Heart Sox, that's where we reside in Enon, where there's much water. Um, so as we shared last time there in chapter 11, uh, we had the rising of Lazarus. Uh, you have Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, friends of Jesus, lived in Bethany and uh, very close to Jesus. Uh, Lazarus got sick. Uh, they sent word to Jesus. He passed. Jesus delayed his coming a couple days before he journeyed away 
Scripture tells us he was, uh, again, away from Jerusalem. Bethany was only two miles away. The Jewish leadership was after Christ. So he was out away, and I believe uh, if he was at Enon or in the area where John first baptized, he's probably 20 to 30 miles away looking at the biblical maps and a lot of uncertainty there. But anyway, anyhow, he wasn't in the area. So he had some travels. We know that the, the uh, roads back then weren't as nice as 70 and 75 on, on, a, on a good day. I'll leave it at that. But uh, we, we pick, preach a little bit different message uh, last time from this from the from the text that you know everybody gets sick just because you're a, a Christian because you're a Christ follower born again saved regenerated however you want to put it we still get sick we still die uh, we're not immune to it you know some people say well you got sick because you were in sin well sometimes that's the case but sometimes it isn't sometimes it's just Due to the fact that we live in this sin-cursed world. That's why there's disease, illness, sickness in the first place. Going all the way back to the fall of man. The other point we made last time was that God's time is not always our time. And there is a reason why Jesus delayed. And we, we, we kind of know why that was. Because we wanted to see he was going to show, again, his deity, the glory of God. And then the third point was that sometimes God just says no. And that no, even though we think that, oh, gosh, you know, I, you know how good this might be for, for me personally, in the big picture of things, God's no is for your good. <laughs> so that, that's kind of where we touched on last time. And, 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 and today... And, and this, this is tough because I'm going to be probably jumping back a little bit back and forth in the, the beginning of, of John. But I'm going to start here. Um, let's start at verse 11. Let's start at verse 11. Pray for us this morning. Uh, and for one that's here not knowing... Jesus, that they will come to know him as their Lord and Savior. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I am not there. To the intent ye may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said, said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So kind of a little bit of background there. Again, there was, there was there's some fear there amongst the disciples that, you know, Jesus is going to go and they're going to finally catch him and, and put him to death. 
But again, the timing of all this is right before. This is, this is between the Feast of the Dedication and Passover. So this is the last three-month span of Christ's life. This, this, this event happened sometime within that three months, after the Feast of the Dedication and right before Passover. So the, the time is very near before... And this is just giving the Pharisees and all the church leadership more fuel for the fire to, you know, put Christ to death because of him claiming to be God. Um, then going, jumping here to the verse 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave, lain in the grave four days already. As I mentioned last time, it was a Jewish tradition that some, they would stay with the body for three days in case they would wake up. They didn't believe that the spirit didn't leave the body till after three days. So for it to be the fourth day from a Jewish tradition, Jesus was dead, dead, or Lazarus was dead, dead. And Bethany was nigh into Jer Jerusalem about 15 furlongs off about two miles. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary and comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was, com uh, was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. So let's, let's stop there for a second. So Martha, as, as, as we know uh, from earlier in, in John, you know, she, she seemed to be one of it was full of service. She wanted to make sure everything. So when Jesus went to visit her, Mary sat at Jesus' feet, and Martha was all about the house, getting everything ready for, for the dinner or whatever the gathering was going to be. And I take Martha as being the oldest of the family. I take Lazarus to be the middle child, and I take Mary to be the youngest. And... I, I just, just from a personality uh, trait situation. So Mar Martha runs out to see Jesus. And then she addresses him um, here in verse 21. If thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. You know, and, and, and Mary does the same thing a few verses later when she comes out to, to Christ as well. But I think this, 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 this coming of Martha to Christ, you know, oftentimes we have situations where things are bad and we're, yet we're afraid to go to God with them and ask him why. If you would have been here, where were you, Jesus? You know, some, some, of, some of us have been brought up that that was her heresy or that's not what you're supposed to do. But being a... Christ follower, being a, a born-again Christian, he wants us to be in relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And that's part of a relationship, being able to 
share what's on your heart, your disappointments, your sadness, your, your questions, your, your asking for understanding. Why? Where were you? And that's, that is a, is a, is a part of a, a relationship uh, that we have with God. Even though uh, we're just creatures and just part of his great creation and we should bow down and, and hold him in all reverence. And those things we should. But also he wants to know our heart. He wants to know uh, our true feelings. He, yes, he, he knows all about it, but he likes to hear it from us. He wants us to expound on it to him. He wants us to help foster that relationship. And I think this, this part of the passage really shows how, how Martha and, and Jesus and, and Mary and Jesus, how, how they had that deep relationship. And here in a little bit, we're going we're gonna to understand more. But they had a great relationship. It goes on there in the verse... Um, Mary expounds after, you know, my brother had not died. If you had been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. But I know, and she goes on to say, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. You know, she shows some confidence in that relationship. You know, whether Christ came to, to mourn or to comfort the family in this time of grieving, at this time, she didn't really know. She was just upset that he delayed his coming. She thought they were so tight that he would have been there that same day or the next morning or however long it, take, it would take to get. But he didn't drop what he was doing. He, he delayed on purpose. And Jesus goes on to say there in the 23rd verse, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So, you know, the conversation goes on and Mary Mary's gives the typical Sunday school answer. Yeah, I, I know, Lord, you, you've taught us this, that, you know, he's got to rise again in the, re, in the resurrection. And... Um, so she's, and, and, and this, is, this, this is all kind of part of Martha's personality. And we'll, we'll see a difference here in Mary in a few minutes. So God, God Christ wants us to be, he wants, they, they want our honesty. They want, we want, they want us to give it to them how we feel. And, you know, there, there's times where, you know, life just stinks. Life isn't all, all it, it can be sometimes. But God wants, and God knows it. God knows it. But he's in it with us. He wants us to lay it out to him. And, and uh, let him know how we feel. And, you know, his truth is going to work out through it, as we're going to see here. You know, why, why won't you hear Christ? Well, we're all going to see it here in a few minutes.
Then in verses 25 and, and through 27, there are some very, very strong scripture. And it says, Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Out of the, I believe it's seven I am statements in the book of John, by far, in all scripture, this is, this is, this is the one. This is probably number one. I am the resurrection and the life. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? This question that he asks Martha is the same question we have to answer when we come to Christ as our Lord and Savior. Believest thou this? Not that you'll rise again, not that you have life, but do you believe that Jesus is a resurrection in the life? In the next verse, Martha says, she saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And we have one other instance in the New Testament where Peter is asked who they say he is in Christ. And Peter said, you are the Christ. Here in this, not from the inner circle, Mary and Mar Martha weren't necessarily and they were close. But there's nowhere else in the New Testament where there's no stronger answer to the call of Christ. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. God, Jesus, wants our commitment. The language here in the Greek is, I believe. That believe, I believe is a present or a perfect tense, which means I have believed in the past. I believe now in the present and I will continue to believe in the future. That's how strong this commitment of Martha is to Jesus being her savior. Mm -hmm. And that's the same uh, commitment that each and every one of us need to have to him. That realization that he is the resurrection and the life. We're thankful for the life we have now. It's because of him, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. But I can look forward to the home I have here after a while when I lay this body down and I can be with him forevermore. Yes, I believe. Not we, it's not a family thing. It's not a grandma thing. It's a personal thing. It goes back to that personal relationship.
She goes on to say here in the 28th verse, and when she had said so, so said, she went away and called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, the master is come and calleth for thee. So Martha, after she makes that great declaration, goes and gets Mary secretly. And again, at this time, there was a bunch of probably extended family, friends from Jerusalem there, mourning, grieving, comforting the family. And as soon as she heard that she arose quickly and came unto him, now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. And the Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she arose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. And when Mary was come here to Jesus, where Jesus was, she saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaning in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So we have a little contrast here between Martha approaching Jesus and Mary approaching Jesus. They asked the same question but in different ways. And, you know, Martha goes up and says, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Mary goes up and she falls on her knees. You can actually hear her say, Lord, if you would have been here, Lazarus would not have died. She's weeping. The friends are weeping. Martha may be weeping at this time. And Jesus wept. And our Savior, he feels our sadness. He feels our sorrow. He feels everything, though he may allow that hardship and thing to come. He feels for us. And he handles it different for your different personality, because not all of us are the same way. I picture, that's why I said Martha, she seems like a firstborn. She's all about business and getting things done because she was the first one and she had to help mom and dad raise the others and she's all about that. Mary, she's, she's the youngest. You know, she, she's used to being waited on. You know, when Jesus came, she, did, she didn't have to worry about the house because she knew Mar Martha had it taken care of. So she could sit there and just absorb it all. But they both got it. They both made that commitment. They're both committed to Christ. But Christ handled their situation. He reasoned with Martha. With Mary, he cried. He wept. To comfort her. I was thinking back to my senior year at Kenton Ridge. We had played Dixie in the district finals. Tony was the tallest guy on our team. He was 6'6 at the time. Maybe, maybe he's pushing 6'7. 
the shortest he was going, we were going against, this team started two guys that were 6'8". Their guards were a set of twins, and they were, I think they were both 6'2 apiece. Our tallest player on that team was six foot besides Tony. We took them to double overtime. They ended up losing in the state finals. But after the game, we were disappointed. We were sad. We were upset. Tony, he sat there in the locker room, stoic as Tony is, hardly showing any emotion. Jimmy Burton, who was our point guard at the time, cried like a baby. People were all made up different ways, and God knows how the best comfort us. With Martha, he reasoned, asked the questions, had the exchange. She showed her commitment. Mary, she came and questioned him, and they wept together. God will be where we need him to be. He shares in our sorrows. But we have a Savior that shows us that reason why he's a Savior. Coming up next. So they're there at the grave. He's, he's wept. He's, his spirit's groaning. He's sad that his friend passed, but he's also, there's that sense that, that you know, these are my, some of these are my followers, and I've been telling them, they've been telling, I've told them they're the resurrection and the life, but they just don't get it. They still haven't fully understand it. They know it's coming, but they don't realize that I can make it happen now. And we're going to see that here in the, the rest of the passage that we go through today. So Jesus wept there in verse 35. Then said Jesus, behold, then said the Jews, behold, how he loved, how, how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Absolutely. Absolutely, he could have kept Lazarus from going through this. Mary and Martha going through the tears and the worry and the stress. I've got all these friends coming over. I've got to fix dinner. All these people to feed. That's probably what Martha was thinking during all this. But yes, but again, it was a hard no. God, Christ had to let this happen. Again, to show us that he is the resurrection and life. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and the stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. During almost every miracle that Christ did, people around were involved. You go back to where he turned the water and wine. It took people going to fetch the water so he could command it to turn into wine. The loaves and fishes, same way. People had the choice to be involved. And here are the folks that moved this stone. He could have told the stone to move and it would have moved. But... These people actually are taking part in this miracle that's going to happen. So he commands to stone. And Martha, she's, she's all laid up. He's been dead four days and he stinks. He's dead, dead. 
Now, her, she's thinking her, again, she's, her, she's logical, she's responsible, she's, she's thinking all the things. Then she maybe thought, well, maybe he wants to take one more peek. I remember, I remember when my mom's sister passed, we were up in Maine, and I was sitting there when they closed the casket. And mom came back in and asked him to open the casket again so she'd give, give Doreen one, one last look and one, one last hold the hands and kiss, kiss her on the cheek. You know, that's, that's kind of how I look at, at, at what Martha may have been thinking of Christ. He wanted to see Lazarus, even though he's all wrapped up and everything. But that was just kind of something that went through my head studying up for this. But he stinketh, he's been dead for four days. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldst see, shouldst see the glory of God. So early in the chapter, that was, that was mentioned. And no doubt in other, other conversations that they had. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, and again, he's praying out loud so all those around him could hear him. It says, Father, I thank thee, but thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. And because the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when thus he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. In the, in the Greek, the word is kragoso, and it's a shout of authority. Lazarus, come forth. Augustine in the fourth century said that it was a good thing that he called Lazarus by name because if he hadn't, all the dead in Christ would have rose out of that graveyard. One day he'll call each and every one of us by name as he called Lazarus. And he that was dead came forth bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto him, Loose him and let him go. You could hear, well, you probably heard a lot. After Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth, I could hear the crowd. Crickets. Nothing. And then you coming out of, the, out of the grave, wrapped up and bound with the, the grave clothes because they, they like wrapped him like a mummy. Then they're all wondering, okay, he's dead. We can't touch dead things. That's against, you know, in my mind, I can see Jesus maybe running up to him and giving him a big hug. Then Jesus commands him, take off those grave clothes, loose them, and let them go. So again, people taking part in a miracle. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto him, saith unto them, loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did 
believed on him. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Always the naysayers running back to the Pharisees. Oh, you know what that Jesus did? There's some gas on the fire. But those around, extended family, friends of the family, saw what Jesus did and they believed. So we have a a Savior who can deliver. I want to close this morning with a quote from the Australian evangelist, preacher, pastor, Leon, Leon Morris. He passed away in 2006. He had this to say about, about this event. It says, when anyone sees that Jesus is a resurrection in life, he is challenged to do something about it. Believest thou this? Have you answered that question today? He's challenged to do something about it. He cannot regard this as a curious piece of knowledge to be put away safely in some file of comparative religion. He may take it seriously, in which case he responds to it with a wholehearted faith. He puts his trust and faith in Christ and receives the gift of life. That means that he will die that he will die in a meaningful sense or he will reject it with and withhold faith in which case he numbers himself among those who do not know life and never will. So as Christ asked Martha Believest thou this? Have you believed this morning? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? As we stand and have one verse of a song, do you believe? You put your trust in Jesus. Do you believe?